Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what we're doing today? It has something to do with a book. It is! It's Sacrilegious Book Club! That's the one. It is. Yeah, so what uh, What are we going over today? Okay, so we are still in a treasury of Jewish folklore, subtitled Stories, Traditions, Legends, Humor, Wisdom, and Folk Songs of the Jewish People, edited by Nathan Ozzybell. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's, uh, you, do you that, have anything else to say? That's the book. That's the wanna, book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell, what, tell us the rest of it. What part we're in? Go for it. Okay, yeah. so part one was Jewish salt. Part two was heroes. We are beginning part three, the human comedy. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Let's let's uh, let's go do it. All righty. All right. 
All right, so we are starting part three, the human comedy. Okay. And that is broken down into various chapters. Chapter one is droll characters, mm. which is further broken down into little sections. Okay. The first of which is schnorers and beggars. Schnorers and beggars? Yes. Okay. But first we're going to do an overall introduction to the entire... The human comedy. The human comedy. Yeah. Right. Part Got three. Okay. okay. So there is a saying in the Talmud. You may know a man by three things. By his wine cup, by his anger, and by his purse. But some also say you may also know him by his laughter. Okay. okay. Sure. So then it goes on further to say in this intro, the average Jew cannot carry on a conversation without trying to illuminate it with a story or joke. In fact, the need for this is sometimes too compulsive. It has even given rise to a Jewish witticism in paraphrase of its Talmudic original. Who is a hero? Why, he who suppresses the urge to tell a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that, right. honestly. Like, that's one of my sayings, everything's a story. Or I also say, um, catastrophe now makes a great story later. Sure. Because it's true. It is. It mm -hmm. is. So um, the intro further goes on to say, Jews are skillful at joke making because they are also virtuosi in the art of pathos. Pathos. They have been tempered by necessity to take life passionately with gaiety as well as with sober earnestness. This dual capacity for, I lost my place, sorry, <laughs> weeping and laughing at the same time from which was coined the Yiddish expression, laughter through tears, which right. is kind of something we can all relate to, yeah. has had its origin in the chaos of life. Like, it reminds me of that song, I'm the kind of guy that laughs at a funeral. Right. You know, like, that's me. Yeah. Totally. I'm not Jewish, by the way. <laughs> like, no, I feel like it's important. Like, I'm not trying to paint myself as Jewish. I just totally get what they're saying. Sure. Because I would do that. Right. Like, I I take the darkest moment and, and try to find some funniness in it. Yeah. Which is irritating to people who are trying to take it very seriously. Right, right. And I'm like, well, that's not how I process darkness. Sure. The harmony of light and shadow is always at work. The same experiences which have made the Jew realistic and thoughtful have also exposed to his ironic eye the foolishness and incongruities of the human comedy. <laughs> it is one of the wholesome defense mechanisms by which he is enabled to keep a balanced outlook. Okay, and then um, we're going to skip forward here some, and then further on it says, Jewish jokes and witticisms, as those in this compilation will bear out, are not just fun-loving and laugh-provoking. They are frequently bitten with the acid of satire and are permeated by a philosophy of gentle ruefulness, which is a commentary on the limitations inherent in life and mankind. I just love the way this is written. Yeah. Like the writer of this just has a wonderful way of phrasing sentences. Yeah. Yeah. Jewish humor is seldom savage or cruel, but genial, tongue in cheek and philosophic. To be sure, it holds up to ridicule, stupidity, boorishness, avarice, hypocrisy, and humbug, humbuggery. 
Mm-hmm. It gleefully exposes smug ignorance and the hollow pride of caste. Yet it is rarely marked by a self-righteousness. By and large, it reveals a tolerance of human frailties. And then skip ahead again. And it says the overtones of satire, irony, and quip we hear even in the Old Testament. For example, and I really loved this example because um, I remember us commenting on it when we read it. Okay. For example, there is the gay mockery of the prophet Elijah as he listens to the idol-worshipping soothsayers of Baal invoking their god morning, noon, and night. Oh, Baal, hear us! To this, the rational-minded Elijah remarks tauntingly, Cry ye louder, for he is a god. He is perhaps talking or walking, or he is on a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. That's so funny to me because Mm -hmm. it applies to Christians. Christians, too. Yes, yes. So. he was. It was that whole, my God's bigger than your God contest. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny in that what he was saying could be applied to both. Right. Yeah. But it was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The liveliness and the many-sidedness of Jewish humor make it possible for everyone to find in it that which will suit his taste. It is a treasury in which lies stored up 3,000 years of a people's laughter. Hmm. And I just thought that was a really great way to summarize this entire section. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to read about droll characters. Okay. The first of which is Schnorrers and Beggars. Schnorrers is spelled S-C-H-N-O-R-R-E-R-S. So not like somebody who's snoring because they're sleeping so hard right a snorer is like a humbuggery kind of guy got it okay 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 it was but inevitable that the widespread poverty among the jews of europe should be given rise to a class of beggars and panhandlers they possessed all the traits usually associated with their type and practiced the proverbial skullduggery of beggars among all peoples there were Lynx-eyed blind men, mutes who were eloquent with abuse, fleet-footed cripples, and dying nebbishes with the appetite of a healthy horse. So these are like um, the blind person who could actually see like an eagle. You know what I mean? Got um, it. I don't know if you caught that, but every single one of these was um, a, a hungry person who ate like a horse. Okay. Like, it's all... They are claiming to be one thing, but they're actually quite the opposite. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Is this just the description for the section or is this? This is the description for Schnorrers and Beggars. Okay. All right. Okay. Which is the first part under droll characters. Got it. Okay. There are innumerable stories about beggars in Jewish folklore, which merrily describe their duplicities in obtaining alms. Apart from them was a certain type of beggar, and that's the one we're going to read about today, who stood entirely in a class by himself. This was the Schnorrer. Okay. Although he had his counterpart among other people since he was the product of the same material necessity, nevertheless he was cast in a distinctive mold. It might be well to point out that the psychological makeup of the Schnorrer, or for that matter of any other Jewish type, 
was not due to anything innately peculiar to the character of the Jewish people, but was due rather to the peculiar conditions with which Jewish life was burdened for so many centuries. So what were the characteristics of the Schnorrer? That's what we're here to find out. Yeah. He disdained to stretch out his hand for alms like an ordinary beggar. He did not solicit aid. He demanded it. (laughs) In fact, he considered it his divine right. Unlike the whining, obsequious beggar, he recoiled from from demeaning himself. This by no means from the compunctions of a sensitive soul, but from the sheer arrogance and vanity. Like, I am owed these things. Okay. Right? Yeah. Since he was obliged to live by his wits, he, understandably enough, developed all the facile improvisations of an adventurer. To teach his objective, he considered all means fair. So... He was a swindler of the best sort. Got it. Because he was so upfront about it. Got it. Tact and self-restraint were not his strong points. They would only prove practical stumbling blocks to the practice of his profession. Next to his adroitness in fleecing the philanthropic sheep was his chutzpah. Like, he had some fucking balls. I like that line, fleecing philanthropic sheep. Yeah, that. Fleecing the philanthropic sheep. Yeah, that's yes, good. Yes, Was his chutzpah, his unmitigated impudence. He would terrorize his prey by the sheer daring of his importunities, leaving him both speechless and wilted with no desire to continue the unequal combat. Schnoring was no mean art. Duplicity and chutzpah were not enough. One also had to be trigger intelligent imaginative, persuasive, in short, a salesman to the gullible of one's crying poverty. Hmm. So not just a beggar, but a really smart demander. Right. Who was not above trickery. Sure. And psychological mind fucks. Right, right. Like, even I would go so far as to say as gaslighting. Right. Many men of this type were even learned for Torah scholarship was another dart in the quiver of snoring persuasiveness. This makes me think of like a lot of the smarter people on um, Twitter, honestly. Like, Why is that? Because um, the, they know so much about the Bible and they are here to tell you all about it at the same time that they're like trying to... Trick you trick into becoming... You. Trick you. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and waste your time in foolish arguments. And and you're looking at them like, how do you even get off? You know, where, where do you get the nerve to talk to me like this? And sure. they're like, how would I not? Right. You know what I right. mean? It often required the superficial glitter and respect, respectability of the Schnorrer's Torah learning to make a kind-hearted Jew steeped in the bookish traditions of his people feel that it was a privilege to be milked. Hmm. Now, I looked at the word milked. is spelled here M-U-L-C-T-E-D, like mulked. Okay. And it means conned, horn-swoggled, or scammed. Sure, I've heard that before. Well, I've heard milked, but I always thought it was like... Right, spelled milked. 
Yeah, like right, you're like, milking a cow. Right, but right, right. This is a, a different spelling that means what you think it means. Right. Wit was another talent a successful schnorrer had to possess. He had to be good at repartee, at telling jokes, at proving agreeably, diverting to his rich client or clientele. Mm -hmm. This helped him greatly in maneuvering with lightning fast timing. Imperceptibility, or I'm sorry, imperceptibly, he would spin a spider web around the unwary rich fly who found it hard to disentangle himself. Often the sheer originality of the Schnorrer's stratagems and his lively wit during the course of their execution would mollify his victim after he had caught his breath. If the latter had a sense of humor, he would feel amply rewarded for the fleecing. Mm. Like, could you imagine, like, you've just been hornswoggled and then, like, a day later you're like, damn, okay, but so that was a good that. one, though. I, can, I, I understand that feeling. Yeah? You know, that, yeah. That's, it's, it's appreciation for the the smarts that went into it yeah yeah right. like wow he really put forth right yeah while morose rogues were given a wide berth gay rogues such as talented schnorrers were even welcomed by some schnorrer stories abound by the hundreds in jewish folklore they are invariably gay with impudent mirth and have brought enormous diversion to the folk so these right. are Cheaters that we are happy to be cheated by because they are so great at it. They're so good at it. Right. But they're also like assholes. Sure. Like they are. Just wait. Okay. So um, there's a really long story that starts off this section called the King of Schnorrers or something like that. But it's so long that I'm just skipping it. Okay. Okay. And so the rest of these are just going to be real short little ditties. Got it. Okay, so on page 279, we have Bagel and Locks. A rich man who was so much moved by a poor man's ghastly appearance that he took pity on him and impulsively gave him half a dollar. An hour later, what was the amazement of the rich man to see the poor man gorging himself on Bagel and Locks in a local dairy restaurant? You've got some nerve, cried the rich man angrily. Did I give you 50 cents for bagel and locks? What an unreasonable person, replied the poor man. Before I didn't have 50 cents, so I couldn't afford to eat bagel and locks. Now that God has helped me and you've given me the 50 cents, you forbid me to get to eat bagel and locks. So tell me, wise guy, when can I eat bagel and locks? <laughs> it makes me think, like, it's funny. But it also makes me think of, um, like, there's always this complaint by the middle class when they see a poor person walking around. With any extravagance. With, like, a nice car or a phone. Right. Or um, expensive sneakers. Sure. Or something like that. And they're like, how dare you be poor and have a nice thing? Right. You spent your money on that nice thing when you could have... Spent it on what? Things that will help me not be poor? This one nice thing doesn't help me not be poor. Right. This one nice thing helps me, like, tolerate being poor. And I guarantee you, when it's old, it won't be replaced. You know why? Because I'm poor. And when you already don't have enough and still don't have enough, it's hard to see the long game there. Because yeah. there's not really much of one. Right. You know, like, even, even if you were really smart with the money... You know, and made it last as long as you could. 
you're year, not ever year. going to get out of renting. You know, you might someday be able to like afford to rent a nicer place, but if you're super smart with your money or whatever, if you start out making minimum wage and come from a poor family and don't have a lot of fam, I'm sorry, I'm totally projecting myself into this like a whole shit ton. Like there was no way in my life that I was ever going to like what be president of the United States or become a millionaire and buy a mansion. Like my whole life was just always going to be what it was like not buying myself a phone was not going to help me be rich. You know, that's not exactly where I was going with it, but I okay. understand your point of view. I I think that that when you when people buy an extravagance, it's a it's something to alleviate their their depression of their their lot in life. It's not necessarily that you can't make yourself better, but that's that one little thing that somebody helped you out with is not going to make that difference. Right. That's what I'm. That's so kind it, of what it takes I was a lot more than that. Term. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to. It, it you have there's a lot more to it there's right. a lot more to it yeah and and for people to get pissed off when people buy find a way to get something that they want that's in their eyes expensive they probably found a way to do it that was cheaper than you'd ever find a way to do it or, first of all or a friend helped them out or they qualified for some kind of right, grant right. or financial so i mean aid. you can't really you don't know until until you, you walk in those story, shoes you know so fuck off right I'm just like, don't begrudge a poor person having a thing. Just go enjoy all your things. Right. You know? Like, okay, you've got 20 Barbies and you're mad because a poor person has one. Fuck off. Go home and play with your dream house. Right. Like, don't begrudge a poor person one fucking Barbie, asshole. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. All right. So on page one, or I'm sorry, 280, we move to they got the itch. Okay. As a rich merchant of Lemberg was looking out of the window one day, he saw a strange sight. A shabby-looking man was rubbing his back against the picket fence. It was clear the poor fellow had an itch. So the rich man called him into his house and listened to his tale of woe. I haven't had a bath for months, complained the unfortunate man. I haven't on one stitch of underwear, and I'm so hungry I could eat nails. The rich man was moved to tears by the man's desperate plight. So he dined and wined him, gave him underwear, and in addition, ten kreutzer for the steam bath. Then he sent him away with God's blessings. The news of the rich man's loving kindness swept through Lemberg like wildfire. <laughs> that very day, two schnorrers took their position against his picket fence and, with woeful cries, fell to rubbing their backs vigorously against it. <laughs> Attracted by their cries... The rich man went to the window, and when he saw what the two rogues were up to, he got very angry. Out of my sight, you shameless snorers, he cried. Stop rubbing your filthy backs against my picket fence. (laughs) Why did you help the man with the itch before? And why do you refuse to help us now, they asked reproachfully. Tell us, in what way is he better than we? We too have the itch. Uh, is it my duty to relieve every man of his itch? cried the rich man, outraged. If I helped the man with the itch before, it was because he had no one to scratch his poor back for him. As for you, you louts, you are too. Go ahead, scratch each other's backs. (laughs) That was cute. Yeah. Okay, the next one is on page 283, and it's called No Credit. Mm. The schnorrer made his usual request modestly, 
firmly and with dignity. But I haven't a cent in the house right now. Come back tomorrow, said the householder. Ah, my friend, said the schnorrer, if you only knew what a fortune I have lost by giving credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah. Same page called He Spared No Expense. Dr. Levine, the great specialist, had just finished examining Bloom the Schnorrer. What is the cost? asked the patient. $25. $25? It's too much. I ain't got it. Too much? All right. $15 then. $15? That's out of the question. Out of the question? Okay. Make it $5. $5? Who has $5? I'm a poor man. The doctor had had enough. If $5 is too much, how much have you? I have nothing. The doctor was now angry. If you have nothing, how do you have the nerve to come to so expensive a specialist as myself? <laughs> For my health, shouted Bloom, beating his breast with the strength of the righteous. Nothing is too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that was a good end. Yeah, yeah. All right. This one is on page 284, and it's called, What Can You Expect for a Kopeck? Okay. I'm a poor man, whined the schnorr piteously when he went to call on a prosperous merchant. Give me an alms. What chutzpah, raged the merchant. A man like you with the strong arms of an ox certainly has no right to go around schnorring. What would you want me to do, uncle? Sneered the schnorr. Cut off both my arms for the miserable kopeck you might give me? <laughs> All right, that's it. That, okay. That's what I had. Got Those it. are the ones that I marked as fit to read. Sure, sure. So sometimes I was on the schnorrer side and sometimes I was on the right. philanthropist side. Yeah. Which yeah. I think was kind of the point. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it. right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say, really. So it wasn't very religious in, in right. the connotations there, but I mean. No, it was less about the religion and more about the... Uh, just a facet of Jewish culture. Right, right. So that's all we have today then? Correct. All right. Um, I'm going to be getting out our weekly replay here in just a little bit. Okie dokie. And then we will be back tomorrow with some more Psalms. And those, those would be... Psalms are, I don't know, something... They're like in the 120s or something. They're 120 something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't have those marked as ready. Yes, okay. So 120 something. But we'll be back tomorrow with Psalms. Yes, so. three of them. And... Don't forget, if you are anywhere in the Dayton area, we are doing our live event this week. So this it will be this Thursday, 7 p.m. at Bricks Ice House. Ice House in Dayton, Ohio, starting at 7 p.m. And we'll actually start the podcast itself at 8 p.m., which we'll be broadcasting live also on Discord. And there's links in the show notes to our Discord server. Which means that we won't be doing a Discord live on Tuesday Correct. like we normally do. Yeah. Because we're doing it Thursday instead. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so hope to see you all either on Discord that night or at Bricks. At Bricks. And we'll see you guys tomorrow for our next episode. Yep. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. 
Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.